0: times known as the Black is Beautiful Movement. And I want you to understand that anything that you may hear me say is not for the purpose of disliking or feeling negative toward any group, but it's all for the purpose of building within us the feeling of our identity the feeling and knowledge that black is beautiful it does not mean that any other group is not beautiful.
1: That was Ed Robinson in the 1970s speaking at the William Penn Girls High School. The speech was released as a spoken word record named Black Rhapsody. And Ed was all about black pride, love, and liberation. And Harriet shared these values as well. Together, they researched and authored a black history textbook named The Journey of the Songhai People. They were married for 41 years.
0: My husband and my former husband sang in a men's group together. And one of the songs that they were singing, I think it was O Freedom or something know what got over me that I got up and started to the front singing the song because I knew it. And this young man, who turned out to be my husband, he came and he said, I'm speaking at Westchester College next week. Would you go with me? And I said, hmm, Yeah, that was the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful relationship. My husband was one of the people who made it mandatory that African Studies be taught in the School District of Philadelphia. Our young people need to know the greatness. They need to know who really gave the world all the knowledge that they have now. So it was a necessity. We talked about the fact that the school district needed to have the book to teach the children. One, one book that uh, we wrote it's a journey of the Stonghav people. It's us. So we would sit up to twelve thirty, one 1 o'clock, and he would say, "Well, I think we should we should discuss this part with him." And we went through pages of things. Should it be um, the Civil War, or what should it be? But well, we tried to incorporate it into everything. One one of the groups. Uh, a group of men. They were a group of men who used this as a study book. And they would say, What? You mean this is the way we looked? And how do they show us looking in books that we see? Half naked, little something on. But look at him. Trust at the finest. So through the process of getting the school district to accept it. African studies
1: society did not want that to happen. And Harriet was correct. It was a long journey to arrive at the day when black studies mattered in schools. And it wasn't until 2005 when the district mandated history include everyone. Harriet tells us about one day she believed made a huge difference.
0: You're too young to know about Dave Richardson. He was a state legislator with um, in Harrisburg, and David pushed for everything that would improve our community. One year, David had the idea, somebody was running against Leroy Irvis, who became one of the uh, Big politicians, they took two buses of us up to Harrisburg to say to the superintendent of schools, we've got to have black studies in the school district of Philadelphia. That's how it came about. And when those people, or the other expression, saw all these people coming into a session, they didn't know what to do. David had everybody knowing exactly at a certain time when to stand, you got a cue from him. Irvis would say something that really brought home how close the races needed to be. All of us, two busloads of black folks stood up, and those people of the other expression got very nervous. Uh, They had three or four of the uh, state, troopers come and stand around and david said don't show any resentment just go along they couldn't get not one person to be angry or to speak i mean i was so proud of my people <laughs> cuz i mean we were like we were been trained it was through all of this effort that we became a school, a city of school for everybody. So for years, that was a requirement for the schools. And for a while, there were classes in the School District of Philadelphia that made that a mandatory book. The Journey of the Shanghai People And those young people understand, their parents were scientists, lawyers, doctors, and look what you can be. And to see them sit up, you'd be in an assembly, and somebody would be slouching down and carrying on. Then when I stepped up, young people, do you know who you are? Do you know what you have given to the world? And then everybody sits back, and they say, oh, my goodness. So even at my age now, 92, I have young people who will call and say, "Miss Robinson, you remember when you used to fuss with us because we didn't know who? I, I said, but look where you are now. I, one is a lawyer. One is, Two are doctors that were close to me as young people because the school was at um, – 15th and Diamond, so when I would go over there, they'd shy away and I'd say, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. You stand up taller and you walk right. And you let the world know that you are creators of civilization, people don't fall with this kind of stuff that you just picking cotton. It was through all of this effort that we became a school, a city, a school for everybody. So those are beautiful memories. The struggle was worth every bit of it.
1: That was Harriet Robinson for Germantown Voices. This interview was produced by me, Nicole Curry, lead producer is Jeanette Woods and this project is made possible by IPMF in the Knight Fest Fund.